Well, hello and welcome to the uh, Growth Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Appel. I am uh, pleased to be joined today by Meredith Palman Ranker. Welcome, Meredith. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thrilled to uh, to see where the conversation goes, but because we believe in full transparency on the growth adventure, I have to disclose that Meredith and I uh, went to school together. I won't say how long ago because uh, we don't want to date ourselves, but it says a lot about Meredith as a person that she is willing to continue talking to me when she knew me when my hairstyle could be best described as unkempt Cosmo Kramer. So <laughs> Meredith, thank you for being a bigger yeah. person and uh, continuing to associate with me. So uh, uh, with that, Meredith is owner and uh, partner at Robert's Camera. As a brief overview, uh, Meredith, would you like to give a little bit of information about yourself as well as Robert's? Sure, I would love to. Yes, thank you for having me. We've known each other a long time and I'm thrilled to, to be here talking to you today. So I am a partner with our family business, which is Robert's Camera um, or Robert's Distributors. We have been around for 63 years, uh, since 1957. And our business has evolved significantly through the years, but we've continued as a family business. So we're third generation owned and operated here locally in Indianapolis and just loving it despite the chaos of the last you know, year. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. I grew up in Indianapolis. Um, I lived away for, for a while. We, I was gone, I guess, since college and then moved back to Indianapolis in 2011 when we decided we were going to go work with my dad and see what this the world of small business and family business was all about. And we've been doing that for the last 10 years. And, and it's just, it's a ride. I'll tell you that, as you know. Uh, yes, it is. And I think actually, I think that's a, a great place to start. And I think it We'll, we'll all have to give the standard family business disclaimer that we're tremendously fortunate, all of us, to have the opportunity to work in a business that we grew up around, that we have a lot of passion around for a number of different reasons. But I think that one thing that people who don't have that opportunity probably don't realize is it presents its own set of unique challenges, right? I mean, we're all way too tethered to work in a lot of ways, right, between smartphones, everything else to the expectation is you're on 24 seven. But when you work in the family business, there's like a whole nother dynamic that you really can't get away from it, even if you wanted to. Do you, I, that's my observation, at least. How, if, how have you navigated that? And was it something that you and your dad talked about before you moved back from Chicago? Yeah, I 100% agree. It is something that you really, you don't ever take a step back from, whereas a lot of people can take a step back from work. You know, it is something that we talked about at the time, but I don't think when we had the conversation, I really grasped the magnitude of it. I remember when we sat down and and we had conversations a couple of years leading up to, to us really deciding to make the decision to to move to Indianapolis and and be involved with the business but I remember him saying he said small business and being a business owner is 24/7 and I I just remember that so clearly of us sitting in in the living room talking about that and I think at the time I thought yeah I get that but until you're really in it I don't think you grasp what that 24/7 means and like you say you know it's if an alarm goes off at two in the morning, it's at a family dinner, you'll, things will come up about it. It's, you know, an, an employee that something happens at five in the morning and they're calling. So, I mean, it's, 
aside from just the the work aspect, but it's also it's thinking about it constantly. And and I'm sure you're in the same boat where you're constantly thinking, what can we do differently? What can we do better? What what's our next step? And that just the thinking about it really is is hard to turn off. And that's something. Yeah. So my husband is involved with the business as well, and. And he's very good about, we try and have rules. Hey, let's not talk about it at home or at dinner with the kids or whatever it may be. I have a harder time doing it. He's much better. He's my leveler. Like, hey, let's wait till, let's talk about this a little bit later. And then I think the last year too has even, has changed that more because you're on Zoom calls at home. You're, everybody's on a little different schedule now and we do staff trainings differently. You know, we're on a training last night at 7.30. So um, especially in the last year, and I think that's probably for everybody across the board, is work and and home have blended so significantly. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to also reference that you took the family business to a whole nother level. Not only do you work with your father, you work with your husband. But you actually, you you just touched on something there that that I want to pull out a little bit, which is in addition to a marketing background, you have a human resources background. And you were touching on the intentionality that I think all of us as employers need to start focusing on of how do we unwind? I think all of us probably have learned we've stretched and grown in a lot of ways over the last 12 months, Mm -hmm. but there's some probably expectations and behaviors that as employers, we need to help our employees start to unwind as far as an expectation of that. Truly now as a society, we've blurred those lines between work and home and how do we start reestablishing some of those boundaries? what, what are some of the things that, that you think about in that regard as now you do obviously have a, a big retail presence, so that there is a natural mm-hmm. delineation, but you still have a lot of people, whether they're you know buyers or fulfillment or otherwise, that probably have been blurring that line in a way that was very different over the last 12 months. And I guess, what are some of the things that, given your background in, in HR and as, as a small employer who truly knows all of your employees very well, that you're thinking about that you'd like to try to start unwinding here? Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. So obviously, again, like you said, I have an HR background. The HR side has always, I think I, I don't want to say I've realized the importance more than a lot of people, but I think there are sometimes when you're, when you don't have that background, there are things that, that may not come to the forefront like they would when you are thinking about it constantly. And I think just this past year in particular was really probably one of the most challenging years for HR professionals and the HR industry as a whole, because you had laws that were changing in the blink of an eye. You had a situation where all of a sudden maybe asking your employees to come into work was unsafe. So you have um, safety concerns and health concerns to think about. And then really too trying to grasp. I think everybody had such different mental health reactions to this past year. So there were really so many facets playing into HR from just the normal, how do you keep your business running day to day? How do you make sure your employees are safe? How do you make sure people are mentally dealing with what's going on? How do you continue to motivate people in a year where, and again, I don't know if I'm sure you guys felt this way too, but in a year where you don't really know where things are going. I think, you know, a lot of years you say, hey, here's our goals and here's what we're doing and here's our plan. And that was something that really went out the window last year. And, and I think as we have gotten into 2021, 
uh, has been my biggest goal is, hey, let's have a year where we're proactive instead of reactive. Um, but I think HR just had, a, again, a, a difficult year last year because normally they're looking at strategy and talent and the well-being of the employees. And all of a sudden you're really trying to react to what was changing just day to day. But I think it's been my background in that I think was important and, and gave me a little bit more insight into making sure that, that we were looking out for mental health and we were making sure we were abiding by the, the laws that were changing and the leave that was available to people. So overall, I think it was just a very tricky year for HR. But I think, again, it all these changes last year show the importance of human resources and continuing to help employees with those needs because there were just so many. And I think you until you really talk to each person individually, I felt like at least on, on our side, everybody was reacting so differently. Whether some people were ready to dive into work, some people really did feel that stress of blurring the lines. We were here in the store with the stores open probably a lot sooner than than most people. We reopened May 26th of last year, so on Memorial Day. Um, and and it was it was scary. People were scared to come to work. And that's a is a very difficult thing to grasp because I don't think in our lifetime we've ever really had that type of, of scenario. So that was the biggest thing for me last year was really just trying to make sure we were balancing people's emotions, their well-being, their safety, but also taking into the consideration that we are a business and we had to figure out how to move forward. Yeah. No, and that I'm glad you talked about that fear aspect because knowing you and your father, Bruce and, and Corey, I, I presume that while you were very cognizant of um, everything that was going on in the world, to paraphrase Dr. Brene Brown, I find it hard to believe that any of you acted scary when you were scared. Could you maybe talk a little bit about how you communicated with your employees as you were starting to reopen the retail operation, knowing that you're your online fulfillment, you had some employees that continued to work throughout a retail shutdown. So you, you had this split workforce, you know, you had people who had been in and continued to do their job and, and another group of your colleagues who had been sitting, you know, at home for an extended period of time. Yep. And so there's two parts I'll touch on. One, we have just an incredible team and I had so many people, even our, our retail people, that when we were fully shut down, or I guess we never fully shut down, we were still shipping orders. When we our retail was shut down, but our online operations were open, I had almost all of our retail employees and employees in other areas that said, hey, we're happy to come in. We'll work in the warehouse. We'll answer phone calls. We'll do curbside pickups, whatever we need to do. We just, I was blown away truly by how people just stepped up during this time. I really, because again, it was my dad and Corey and I were willing, hey, if we're the only three people that are coming in and packing boxes, like that's fine. We're good with that. But we had so many people that that did show up and I was just truly overwhelmed by that in a good way. But I think my biggest communication strategy, if you want to call it that, was to just be fully transparent. And we said to people, over and over, this is, and I, again, the word unprecedented, I feel like has been <laughs> overused in the last year, but we said to people at the time, this is, we've, we've never been through anything like this and not everything we do is going to be right. We may make a decision that is the wrong decision, 
but we will change it. This is a fluid situation. Things are changing truly every single day. Um, you, know, you would have one day where you, it was, they would tell you, hey, this is the direction things are going. And then the next day it was completely different. So I, what we let people know is, hey, this is a completely fluid situation. Things are changing daily and we will change with it. Yeah. Which I know is an uncomfortable position for somebody with an HR background to be in. <laughs> we'll figure we it out like as we plans. go and we'll change things on the fly. Uh, we like plans but, and strategy. <laughs> yeah. But I think that also shows the entrepreneurial spirit in your family, as well as Robert's as a whole. And I'm not going to go into like the whole corporate history, but for those people who know Robert's today, it's very different than the Robert's that was founded by your grandparents. And I'd be curious to know what are some of the either operational changes that you were forced to adopt over the last year or opportunities as specifically like your professional client base faced a really trying year. I watched an interview you did in May of last year and I didn't fully grasp the downstream implications to the professional photography community of the world shutting down, as you said. So I, I guess, what are some things that, that you've started doing or your clients have started doing that you're like, yeah, this is something we're going to continue to do regardless of pandemic or no pandemic? Yeah. So um, a few things and on different facets. The first is, yes, it, for professional photographers last year, yeah, which obviously that's a huge part of our client base in everything shut down. There were no sports, there were no weddings, there were no events, there were no graduations. I just never had anything like that. We definitely saw our clients change and adopt a lot of different practices. One of the biggest things we saw more photographers starting to do was obviously a lot more video work, a lot more online learning. That is a piece of this, as I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware as well, that I think is we're going to be in permanently. People will expect any type of education opportunity that there will most likely be an in-person component and there will be an online component. And for us, that has a, a lot of benefits. We've hosted a lot of online photography classes. We're now, these classes maybe were in store and we'd get 20 to 30 people. And now we have them online and we get 120 people. So, I mean, that piece of your reach from the online perspective is huge. And that was a big change that we made early on was to be able to offer a lot of our education opportunities online through Zoom, through other platforms. Again, our clients also include a lot of universities, newspapers, professional organizations. Um, and again, universities were shut down. Kids weren't in school, um, but they did go to these, a lot of online learning platforms. We had a lot of success with selling equipment for video conferencing. I mean, we were already selling and microphones and things like that, um, green screens. Um, but the, that was an area that where our business really picked up in the last year. My dad got us into the online and e-commerce very early on. I think Robert's had a website in like, you know, 1995 when, you know, a lot of places didn't and we're still getting into that. So I, I having that, that e-commerce presence early and understanding that for us, that has always been a big avenue of growth for us. I think we said a long time ago that we didn't, we don't see our growth in square footage. We don't see it in a lot of retail expansion. We see it in the opportunities online. And that's something that really helped us 
during the pandemic because we already had that presence. We already had those processes in place. And then we've made a lot of changes to support the growth in those processes. So we have a fully dedicated online customer service team now, and we are actually closing, which it's a negative, we're closing a retail store here in Indianapolis. We've had two stores um, one in downtown Indianapolis and one in Carmel, um, about 15 miles north of here. Um, but again, not because it was struggling, but because we really feel like our growth is in e-commerce and we'd rather have a really focused, excellent retail experience in one location and then be able to to grow from an online perspective, which I think things were already trending that way. And then I think COVID really just accelerated everything like three years in terms of what people have been doing online and and for video. So we saw that here in our organization. And then we saw it with our customers as well in terms of people saying, Hey, we've got to, we've got to get video figured out. We've got to get audio figured out. And we saw them do that, which was amazing. Well, I'd I'd love to touch on what I'm sure were supply chain issues that you had because (laughs) I tried to buy professional microphones from you and you were out of stock, but you know, I, you know, I, I think it's a tremendous credit to everyone there that you aren't wedded to the things that you've always done that even though retail is in your blood and it remains a big part of your presence in downtown Indianapolis and the fact that you're able to say, we built this fabulous store in Carmel 15, 20 years ago, and we're willing to walk away because to your point, it's not that it's struggling. It's that we know what we're really good at and we know where we want to grow. So you, you gave your father credit for having a, a web presence back when all of us were getting online with the uh, CD-ROMs that AOL mm-hmm. used to mail out. But you know, I think one thing that, that you have brought to Roberts is your social media presence. You Instagram was basically made to promote photography. And very early on, it's my understanding that you didn't just grasp the power of the platform, but you also understood what influencers were before anyone had ever heard of it. Could you maybe talk a little bit about the opportunity you saw that and saw there and how that's aided your digital strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. As you said, I think social media is, you know, obviously blessing and a curse in so many ways. So I, I think one of the most interesting things to me about social media and just about our industry as a whole is that even though you see the use of cameras declining, right? That's an industry that's declining. The point and shoot camera business is is for better or worse dead. Everybody uses their iPhones for that. But what you have seen is such an increase in sharing images, right? There've never been so many images before. Billions and billions of images are, are shared across the world all the time. And I felt like for us as a I don't just think of us as a camera store, but really as a place that people can come to accomplish their vision, whatever it may be, if it's travel, if it's capturing weddings, just however people tell their story, that's something that's being done by through social media. And that's something that I felt like early on, hey, we're, that's what we do. And how do we either talk to these people that are, that are very good at telling their story, but also say, hey, I'm sure they get the question is what we found too is a lot of people on Instagram, people assumed that they're smartphone images and most of them are not. A lot of these guys, you know, these influencers, these people that that are really 
out creating um, and telling their story are using more professional camera equipment. Um, I was trying to tap into these people to say, hey, do you do people ask you like where do you get your equipment? What do you what do you tell them? Where do you buy? So yeah, we tried early on to talk to people, especially a lot of our customers. Like I said, we have a lot of professional photographers that did buy from us that were just starting to create Instagram accounts and things like that. And and yeah, they would put out there, hey, I get my gear at Roberts or here's what I shoot with. So that I felt it was a big plus for us and something that we've been able to to harness and help promote our brand, but really also promote just the value and benefit of being able to tell your story and tell it well. And whether it's just you're on vacation or you're taking pictures of your kids, helping people to capture really quality images. We went from really me doing it when I came on board. I did it for several years and then um, we hired a full-time social media person. And that was a funny conversation with my dad. He was like, we, I need a full-time person to sit on Facebook all day. Um, yes. Yeah, so I said, we, we need a social media manager. And I really felt like having it as, as just a, oh, hey, you person post some pictures on social media every now and then wasn't the right strategy for us. I, I wanted somebody where this was their focus. We actually found an influencer here in Indianapolis who I had met several times, incredibly talented photographer. Johnny uh, Flowers. Johnny Flowers. Yep. And very passionate and asked him if, if he would be interested in, in trying to create a, create a voice for our social media. And I felt like it was important for it to have the same voice, a consistent voice to help tell our story, but also somebody that knew the importance and power of, of photography. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I mean, uh, before we, we get to the lightning round, it's so cool that you have clarity, as Simon Sinek would say, that your why is helping people tell stories. That is so much more powerful than saying we like to sell product. But no, thank you for sharing that. I'd, I'd love to have this conversation for another uh, uh, 25 minutes or so, because like I said, at a minimum, the supply chain thing fascinates me, but we're bumping up against the end here. So we're going to move on to the lightning round and uh, no gotcha questions here. There are no wrong answers, just uh, long answers. So keep them short. First question is, what would we find on Meredith's car radio? Country. I know. Country. Yeah. No, like I said, there are no wrong answers, just long <laughs> answers. What, what book would we find on your bedside table or e-reader? I have been reading Hamilton, the biography of Hamilton for a long time now. But that's what I'm working well, It for. is a long book, so there's, there's it's no... Long, it's long, but it's... Yeah. I love it. I'm also reading Small Giants, which is a good one if you haven't... Yeah. I'll check it out. It's a business uh, one. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Again, no yeah. wrong answers. Uh, <laughs> uh, last question and on a more serious note for you. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Man, I think... One of the best pieces of advice I have received has been from my dad, and that is essentially that your reputation and your integrity are all that you really have. Everything else can come and go, but having integrity, being somebody that, that keeps their word is something that someone can never take away from you and one of the most important things you can have in business, and I, I try to do that every day. That's great advice. Now, before we, uh, before we wrap up for those people listening either locally or outside the central Indiana region, where could they either visit or learn more about Roberts? 
Yes. So they can visit us at robertscamera.com or usephotopro.com is our used website, or they can follow us um, on any of our many social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Roberts Camera, and also at Use Photo Pro has a separate social media presence. So there's... Thank you. Well, uh, Meredith Ballman Ranker, thank you for joining uh, the Growth Adventure today. It's been uh, an honor and a privilege to get to talk to you. And please tell uh, Bruce and Corey hello, and I wish you all the best in 2021. I will. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you guys so much for, for having me on. I was honored to be asked and wishing you guys the same. Thank you.